hello there. And good day and welcome, yes, to another segment of Into the Garden with me, your host and founder, Salome Jacobs of Into the Garden. Neil, Neil Marv, why not join me for another segment when you and I take a straw into the heart and soul of the garden, John Dobry, the sublime serenity of the beautiful quaint garden that awaits you and me, that invites you and me to not only drink from the fountain but to sit at his feet. Josan, Buenas Tardes, Coma Esta. You know, that garden where open arms welcomes you, a friendly hello greets you and meets whatever is happening around you. This garden is the place where hearts are mended, lives restored. You and I are friends right here and into the garden and so much more. And as we are celebrating women, this month of August, to the many women out there, you are epic. Stand tall, stand firm, knowing that with God you can and will accomplish all. It doesn't matter how long, but with strength and in unity, you will and have come a long way. So continue on this journey, trusting God. So gather round for another edition, another soulful edition of Into the Garden. And as the theme song is, For the Lord is Good. If you want to just lift your hands and thank God, then do that. For God has indeed carried you through. God says, as you and I know God sees, God sees our lives, He sees our hearts, He sees deeper. For indeed the Lord is good. God's hand is never too far from you, His ear is never too far from you too. For today on Into the Garden, I guess you can say the ethereal presence of the garden today is a bit somber. For there are many out there going through something, through hardships, through struggles, this very day, this very hour, and in need of upliftment, in need of encouragement, in need of a word. So I hope that this soulful edition of Into the Garden will penetrate right now into the heart of someone who is feeling and going through something so deep, so dark, this very moment. This is for you out there.
into the garden. It's a place where you can simply just step into the garden and there will be, there will be an answer, there will be someone out there to hearken to you, there will be someone in the garden. Close your eyes and just think about how good God is to us. For like God is in the garden, waiting for you. As Ron Canoli says, God is faithful. His blessings are new each and every morning. God has been good to me. I thank him for the wife, my children. I thank him for my church and so I thank God, whoever is tuning in today, tuning in today to this edition of Into the Garden, that there is a word for you. For that cry of hope that there will be an answer, an extended hand to walk beside you for the Lord is good and yes his mercies endures forever to your holiness 
To 
reason I live is to worship you. to worship you. So the lineup for you today. It's a bit sensitive simply because of what was laid upon the heart. For I had already prepared what today I just have to share because of the topic at hand. Today it's about suicide and having realized the impact because it's widespread and also sensitive. Today's soul story is on lessons we learned along the way. I have put this one down time and time again but today felt fit to share for I felt so strongly today that someone needs to hear and on this day for at times you and I are everything we go through so much and everything that we we get lost along this road of taking on everything so as we here add into the garden, acknowledge women, stay-at-home mothers, working mothers, taking a stand mothers, and high-demand mothers, we salute you and all the efforts you do, but bottom line, you are first most, a beloved daughter to God, then everything else follows suit. Women, you are epic. To that young girl or woman contemplating suicide, you are special. You are un unique. You are loved. I know it just gets sometimes too much to bear. Ask me. But contemplating taking your life is not a must. So join me here at into the garden when we walk with the lord talk to the lord ask the lord what we can do to save lives and wait patiently on the lord for god will assign someone to you in your time of despair in your time of darkness for he sees your heart he sees your restless he sees you contemplating to that young person to that woman God sees 
Ron Canoli sings, I will come and bow down. May this music minister to you, if nothing else. May you find something that will change you. Meet God in the garden so that God can meet you at the very point of your need for taking a life and leaving those behind to weep. Step into the garden with me. For God says the depth of the problem at hand it's my and God uses people to intercede God uses people to render an aid to your play I said to my of a young person I don't know who you are or where you are in what part of the globe you are but you are so restless you are contemplating suicide suicidal thoughts Step into the garden, step into the sanctuary with me. Because I love you. And I thank you for your goodness and allow the music, allow the soul story. And most of all, allow the hand of God to touch you. To remove that heavy burden off you. Yes, heaven is the Lord's throne and the earth, the very earth that you are walking. God will take hold of that thought and he will come and he will enwrap you. He will speak into your heart and he will turn that thought around. you only but open your heart to receive there's something that I know is different about Into the Garden today. But if there is a cry and a need for help, 
I do as unto the Lord. If you wish to reach out, my email is into the garden twenty twenty at outlook dot com. soul story today lessons we learn along the way and the instruction reads as follows God allows you to experience low points in life in areas you would not experience them in other ways if I were to ask you what was your most valuable life lesson you learned along the way? Gosh, I can only imagine what you must be thinking, per se. Well, have you really thought about it and what changes have you really made along the way? How long do you think it will take you to tell me in a day? For a subject of that magnitude, perhaps? Hours, wouldn't you say? But let's leave it at that for another day. For as much as I would want to, it will take cramming your lifetime of experiences and putting it into perspective in a very nostalgic kind of way. With a refreshing cup of tea on a sun-kissed cherry day. I don't know about you, but I am sure you can agree that life has shown you what you're made of. Remember, sugar and spice and all things nice, cherry on the top and what a lot I got. Well, we all have learned lessons along the way and still do, mind you. Some of us hard knocks, silly knocks, duplicated knocks, but however or whatever knocks came your way, it was a lesson you learned the hard way. I came across this quote way back around 2018. When a bird is alive, it eats ants. When the bird is dead, ants eat the bird. 
The end circumstances can change at any time. Don't devalue or hurt anyone in life or withhold the sweat of their brow knowing or unknowingly what is dutifully theirs. You might be powerful today but remember time is more powerful than any of us. So be good, do well and the reward shall be great. For, for every action there is a reaction. For every delay there is goodness, sweetness coming along the way. For every failure there is success. For every fear there is a conquest. For every lesson learned there is a character building process taking you to the very next. For in order to break defeat you have to step up to enter the heat and so it is so shall it be and this was written by under the moonlight shasti the 1st of december 2018 god allows you to experience low points in life in areas you would not experience them in other ways
exhorts us from the Holy Scriptures. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the life which we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. Holy following Jesus in its essence is not just about singing. It's not just about lifting up holy hands. The Bible tells us it is having our minds renewed, which then results in transformation. And we are then to step out in faith to receive the new things. God is speaking to us. So today, let us embrace by faith, City Harvest Church, the new things God is giving to us. New opportunities, new thoughts, new ideas, new strategies, renewed marriages, new people getting saved, healing, deliverance, all these new things the Bible says, God says, I'm doing a new thing on the earth right now. So wherever you are, I want you to lift up holy hands. Lift up your eyes to the Lord and begin to worship once again. And say, Jesus, I wholly follow after you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Worship Him right now.
Father, we pray, give us a different spirit like that of Caleb and Joshua. That we will not be afraid of this new thing that you are doing on the earth. We will step up boldly, O oh God. I pray as you renew our minds with your word, O oh God, that we will come to this place to embrace totally what you have for us. For you are the God of new things. So today we commit our lives, we commit this service into your loving hands. In Jesus' name we ask and praise, giving you all the glory and all the praise. That's right. Let's give God the praise right now wherever we are. Hallelujah. I'm sorry for failing you and letting you down, but the reality is that my fight is one that was never going to be won. I fought for years, but I just can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. I love you. Goodbye. That was the suicide note that I wrote after my final suicide attempt. I say final because I had struggled with nine years of suicidal tendencies and mental illness with my first ever suicide attempt being at just 12 years old. Now, I don't know if as a 12-year-old I knew that if I took my life that I would never wake up again, but I really don't think that I cared. I just wanted the pain to end. But you see, after my final attempt, I had a conversation that changed everything. It was a conversation with my mentor, and I remember I was just sitting there bawling my eyes out, and she looked at me and goes, Jazz, why are you crying? And I just turned to her and said, I'm just so tired of fighting. And she looked at me and goes, Jazz, what do you think the definition of fighting is? Because I don't think that you're fighting, I think you're only surviving. And it's only when you learn how to fight that the change that you're longing to see is going to happen. And I remember taking that and going, okay, if I've actually just been surviving this whole time and, and fighting might actually change something, then I've got to learn how to do that. And so today I want to share with you a very hard but very valuable lesson that I have learned. Stop surviving your situation and start fighting for your freedom. Now, the first thing that I had to do was that I had to figure out what the difference was between surviving and fighting. And so I did what any self-respecting researcher would do, and I googled the definitions. The definition of surviving is to continue to live or exist in hardship, manage to keep going in difficult circumstances. You know, having a survival instinct is important. It's, it's what keeps us going when times are tough. But a study says that one in four people struggle with a mental illness and 80% of all people will at one point in their life have a suicidal thought. This epidemic that we call suicide is no longer something that we can simply survive through, but we must learn how to fight. And so the definition of fighting is to engage 
in a battle or war, fight to overcome and destroy an adversary. The very first thing that caught my eye about that definition was the word engage, to engage in a battle or war. Now, I know that sounds like hard, but it's actually really simple. Psychology today says that people who are struggling with suicidal tendencies often find it hard to engage because they get negative thought patterns stuck in their brain. They just kind of stay on repeat. They call it rumination. Ruminating is simply going over and over and over and over and over and over a thought without completion. When you're feeling suicidal, often these thoughts are around inadequacy, you're feeling worthless, and having these thoughts raises anxiety, and anxiety interferes with our ability to solve the problem. Then the depression deepens. And that is the starting point of fighting for your future. It was the starting point of fighting for my future. I had to begin to break the pattern of rumination in my life and engage in the battle And so for me, the beliefs that I held tightly were that I'm unlovable and that I'm a burden. And so what I did to fight was that I wrote them down on a piece of paper, I drew a line, and then on the other side, I wrote down everything that those closest to me said or did that contradicted those beliefs. So that every time my mind would say, Jazz, you're unlovable, Jazz, you're a burden, I would pull this list out and I would have rock-hard evidence in front of me that my internal reality wasn't matching the external truth. And for people that know someone who's struggling with suicidal tendencies, this is something that's key for you to remember, that it's not about behavior modification, but about belief correction. Another thing I had to do was that I had to start engaging in honesty. Honesty breaks pride and brings humility. And when you're struggling, it's so easy to isolate, put up walls, pretend everything's okay. But all that does is just reinforces the beliefs that you're alone. One of the other things that I started doing was that I had to learn to dream again. Because here's the thing, it's impossible to fight if you don't know what you're fighting for. And so when I was sitting in the psychiatric unit, I was starting to write out, okay, what do I want to do with my future? What do I want to do with tomorrow? What are the things that I would want to achieve? If I didn't have any barriers, what would it be? And you know, can I just say that it doesn't take just one person to save someone. For me, it took my mentor, it took friends, it took a community, it took a psychologist to be able to get me to a space where I could learn to fight for myself and then save my own life. And then one of the final and probably most significant things that I did to fight was that I wrote a letter called Dear Suicidal Me. It was a letter that uh, I wrote when I had kind of a good day. And, you know, psychologists often talk about safety plans, which are great, but it's a whole other thing when it comes from yourself. And so when I had that slightly good day, I wrote this. Dear suicidal me, if you're reading this, then I'm guessing that things aren't going too well for you. I know it probably seems impossible that you've gone around in another circle and it will be better with you gone. You think that you're a burden to everyone around you and that no one could possibly love you. But you are wrong. There are people who love you. You know what you need to do to bring yourself back from this space. Put on inspirational music, not sad music like you always do. You know it makes you feel worse, yet you still choose to do it. Text Esther, Wayne or Libby, remember, you are not alone. People care, so please get over your pride and fear and reach out. They would rather have you messy and alive 
than not here at all. You are so close to being free of all of this. Don't give up now. Remember who and what you were fighting for. People do care about you, and you have a future. It's not about battling your past, but fighting for your future. Start fighting right now. Take those steps. You got this, Jazz. It's not about battling. Oh. It's not about battling your past, but fighting for your future. And you know, the dreams that I once had when I was sitting in that psych unit were dreams of one day being able to tell my story in a way that maybe it could provide hope for other people. That one day I could maybe be involved in film and television telling stories that matter. And let me tell you this. At the start of 2017, a friend and I, we launched a charity called Voices of Hope. And now every single day of my life, I get to spend that speaking hope. I get to create online video content and campaigns around mental health and suicide. We've spoken in high schools across Australia, New Zealand, and at events around the globe, speaking hope, sharing our stories. And you know, the very first video that I ever directed for us was a video called Dear Suicidal Me. It was a video inspired by that letter that I wrote, but this time, instead of the letters being to the future suicidal self, I had people writing letters to their past suicidal selves, hope-filled letters. That video now sits at over 80 million views with hundreds of thousands of people contacting us, saying that they've seen hope in a way that they've never seen it before. Now, I tell you all of that so that these words mean something, that hope is real. Surviving is being on the back foot. Fighting is being on the front foot. Change is possible. I am proof. Thank you. It all starts when started, I should say. When I was, um, when I was 13, I was a cheerleader and I've like always been a chunky girl and, and I was kind of okay with myself and one night I was cheerleading and this teenage boy walked by and, and I still remember his name, I remember what he was wearing and he leaned to, over to his friend to where I could see and hear him and he said, that girl's too fat to be a cheerleader. Mm. It did something to me and, and I didn't even realize how powerful those words spoken into me were. You know, as a teenager and, and a young adult, all I ever heard was, you know, you'd be a knockout if you just lose 50 pounds, or you'd be beautiful if you would just lose weight. You'd get a record deal if you were thinner. And so I just equated my beauty with my size. Then I met my husband, who was this amazing, geeky nerd, who was just smarter than I could possibly imagine. And he used to work for Apple, and he disassembles Macs for fun, and he's just super nerdy. And, um, but he told me I was pretty. And he like meant it. And I was just like, not, I'm not saying, you know, go marry the first guy that tells you you're pretty, but um, <laughs> I almost did that when I was 18, but that's another story. Um, but he just, he meant it. And I, and I remember when I knew that I wanted to marry him, he looked at me and he said, I, I know that I know that I'm supposed to marry you and take care of you the rest of your life, no matter where God calls you to. And last year he said, you know what, um, I, let's have a baby. And I just looked at myself and I thought, I'm sick all the time. I'm touring with Sela. I get migraines. I was getting ill on flights and trying to just push through. And, and I was like, you know what, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. 
I am so done. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to weigh. I don't know what I'm supposed to look like when I'm miserable and I just need you to fix me. And so I just laid it at his feet and I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this because I've done Weight Watchers like 12 times. I've done, you know, hip hop abs. I remember sweating to the oldies with Richard Simmons when I was like 13. (laughs) And I'm like, nothing works long term, Lord. But it was because I had never asked him to help me. And I'd always tried to get skinny for guys or for cheerleading or for a record deal. And it was like, you know what, Lord, I want to get healthy for me so that I can have a healthy child and really be able to minister in some freedom here, not be walking around held up in chains that nobody can see. And God is so cool because I have a friend who I hadn't spoken to in like five years, and she's a nutritionist and a personal trainer and a diet coach. And she has this program, and she said the Holy Spirit put her on my heart, like, call Amy, call Amy. And she was like, I'm not going to call up some girl I haven't talked to in five years and be like, you want to go on a diet? She'll hate my guts. So she was like, no, Lord. And like every day in her prayer time, she said, my name would just pop in her spirit. And she was like, I do not know what to do. And so she found me and she said, I want to coach you. And since last May, I've actually lost 80 pounds with her. And <laughs> but it's just been amazing because all of the other stuff I've lost on top of the weight, like the anger and the bitterness that I didn't know I carried around inside my heart and the hurt, like I can let go of that boy. For 20 years, I carried his face in my heart. And, and wept when I looked in the mirror because some boy called me fat. Um, so when I sing this song, I just, I share this. I just tell people like this is, you know, I'm still, if you do the math, I weighed 282 and I lost 80. So I'm still over 200 and I've still got a path to go. I still got some weight to lose. But, and so I just, you know, encourage people when, when I sing this to, to stop looking at the circumstances that, that have just hurt them and stop looking at the people and to just look to God. And just lay it at his feet because he can do so much more with it than we possibly ever could.
Next are a few stories as the topic today is suicide. A sensitive one, one that is seldom talked about. But needs to be addressed. As I was busy with Women's Day and Women's Month, it was laid upon my heart that this year, women, you are epic. It's to let you know that that is what you are, unique and special in your own way. That abuse has underlying factors, overlooked, not addressed easily. Suicide is one of them. Mental instability is one of them. Schizophrenia. Different personalities. It's not always addressed and families don't openly speak about that. But today, when I woke up, there was just this gripping, gripping in my stomach that something is not right, that there is, and I specifically say a female, a girl or a woman, 
she could be anywhere. In your home right now, she could be on your doorstep right now. She could be near or she could be far. She could be local, she could be international. I do not know. But she's in a very, very dark place. Hence, suicide. Those thoughts are taking captive right now. Open your door. To whoever is in need of help. She was a beautiful, vibrant woman all her life and very attached to her mum. Had a lovely upbringing, a lovely demeanour, but lost her dad in a motor vehicle accident at a fairly young age. She and her sister grew up in a loving, humble home. She was always friendly, bubbly and very helpful. She and her mother had a very warm, close relationship you could say she was attached to her mother's hip just as I was. I guess having lost her father at such a young age affected her in more areas, in more ways than those around her could see. For she would hide behind the pain and not speak. One could say being in denial was the key very few friends she had for she was tightened to her mother's strings and she was very glad she excelled at school academically but didn't go to university and started working for a bank until that fateful day she would always be around her mum visit family overseas, travel short distances, but being around her mum gave her some sort of encouragement, some sort of mum, my friend, my trustee. She got married to someone who didn't value her, her beauty, her simplicity, her authenticity. She was so beautiful, you see, inward and outward, but he physically abused her, neglected her, rejected her and guess it was a marriage of convenience for she worked and he didn't but took most of the bacon and wasted it for dear life. She pleaded with him and he, well, just ignored. She gave birth to a beautiful son whom she adored and would always be around him. Then again, it was her, her son and her loving mum whom she adored. They all lived together in her mother's home, but as for him, he was never around. Drinking, squandering, borrowing, and so they continued as such for many years until she bought a place of their own thinking things would change. But guess what? not. This loving, kind woman worked her way up in the banking world and reached a level of stature, a level of credibility and along with that financial security. But yet, her home life was ignored. 
she felt unloved. The signs of abuse was all there, hidden, consumed to the point of work more, hide more, hide behind the pain more. Maybe if I just ignore him more, he'll leave me alone once more. And so it carried on for many years. But when you eventually see them together, one would never guess that theirs is a mess, a family under siege, under pressure, and wouldn't admit or confess. Until upon that fateful day, her mom, her pillar, her source of strength, her confidant, she passed away and now she's but left in a world with no one to love her no one to care no one to hear her cries of please no one to lend a helping hand or lend her an ear yes she has a sister but the two hardly ever gotten alone much less see eye to eye for as you know siblings yes they differ by far like day and night night and day one would say that after the death of a mom that she would have perhaps seeked help but it left a void and emptiness, a hole that if she would, she could. Because remember, each one, especially when they lose a loved one, they grieve differently. Eventually, the family moved back into her mom's home. So one never knows what happens behind closed doors. But upon a fateful day, her one and only son found her in her room without a note. What a sight for her one and only to see her hanging there. According to members of the family, she received word from the doctor that she had a few months to live. Perhaps a cancer scare, who knows? But that to her was the end. A way out from beatings, from drunkenness, from squandering. For she already lost her dad and mom who was her everything. She had no one to talk to, no one to tell her life to. Here she was, disgusting and living in hell. Who knows what goes through someone's mind? Agitated, neglected, go to work under false pretenses, wears many masks, she decided to end it, for who knows? 
at that point in time, but she was a woman. With a story. A woman. With a budding future. A woman who hid behind the many masks of betrayal, lies, abuse, confusion, misery. A woman who you thought had it all, yet craved love, stability and security. So you see, having top positions, yes it has its benefits but you can still be alive and walking dead, hurt in pain and invisible to you and me. Yes, one can be waiting for many years for stability, which also adds to one's mental state of mind, you see. If God has positioned you in an area of affluency, of financial security, then purchase a home if you can, an apartment, a flat for yourself, for your own peace of mind, so that you can free yourself together with God in all areas of your life so that it doesn't hinder you, your family, your marriage, your progress. But being and living in an environment such as constant, heavy abuse, verbal abuse, alcoholism, drugs, gender-based violence, the aftermath of that is your psyche, your mental inability. What doesn't that do to you and me? It affects your inner being, your outer being, rotten to the core. And these are things that we shy from. Oh, he just hung himself. She just hung him herself. But what led to that? What are the signs that you and I need to look out for? Lack of eating, lack of sleeping. Less visitations to a friend, a best friend. Doesn't speak much. Telltale signs. Afraid to go out. There's nothing wrong with those who say that they're suffering from mental illness. But these underlying factors hidden in the subconscious.
don't reject them. Don't judge them, for you do not know their tale, you do not know their story. Who can live, my brother live? Look to Jesus now and live. Tis recorded in his word. Hallelujah. If only, if only, if only you just reach out and touch. Look and live.
scriptures in the book of Psalm 34, it says that God met us more than halfway, and He will feed us from all of our anxious fears. So today, if you are feeling tired, if maybe you are feeling a little lost, just know that Jesus, He will meet you more than halfway. Like Amos has prayed just now, truly He is faithful to complete the good work that He has begun in us. So do not be afraid, for He will never leave us, He will never forsake us. He will meet us here again. He will meet us here again. He will meet us more than halfway when we feel tired. He will reach out to us. Just take that one more step. Just one more step. Just pray one more time. Worship Him one more time. Lift up your hands one more time. Reach out to Him one more time. Just one more time. Just one more time. Oh, you mean Oh, you mean Just one more time. Just one more time. Reach out to Him. Oh, you mean it again. You mean it again. Oh, you mean it again. You mean Find me. 
is the moral story. Struggles of our life. Once upon a time, my daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. That sounds familiar, isn't it? She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. One problem after the other, none was solved. No sooner is one problem solved, another one follows. Her father, a chef, took her into the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second pot and ground coffee beans in the third pot. He then let them sit and boil. Without saying a word to his daughter, well then, she continued, being impatient and moaned and groaned, wondering what was her dad doing. After 20 minutes or so, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and placed them in a bowl. He pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. He then ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her, he asked, Daughter, what do you say? Potatoes, eggs and coffee, she replied. Look closer, he said, and touched the potatoes. She did and noticed that they were soft. He then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. She looked at her father and said, what does this mean? He then explained that the potatoes, the eggs and coffee beans had each faced the same adversity, the boiling water. But before I continue, what's the struggle in your life right now? What is your boiling water? However, each one reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard and unrelenting, but in boiled warm water, it became soft and weak. The egg was fragile with the thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put in boiling water. The inside of the egg became hard. However, the ground coffee beans were unique. They were exposed to the boiling water and when exposed, they changed the water and created something new. The father asked his daughter, which one are you? When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a potato, an egg or a coffee bean? What is your boiling water like? For this moral story, is our situation today where you and I find ourselves today in this third wave of a pandemic come what may amongst other things stress related issues taking one's life suicidal thoughts postnatal depression biopolar schizophrenia stress all of these are struggles to you and me. Isolation. The moral of the story. In life, things happen around us and to us. 
But the only thing that truly matters is how you and I choose to react to it and what you make of it and how you can change it. Life is all about leaning. Leaning into the problem, dissecting the problem, finding solutions to the problem, adopting and converting all the struggles that we experience into something positive. Like I said to you earlier, I had no way how this was going to turn out as I said to my moose in the bottom of my core there was a cry there was this crippling feeling of someone about and I and it's a female that had these suicidal thoughts pacing around feeling lost all over the place She could be your very best friend. She could be a stranger. She could be a passerby. But she is in need. In need of a shoulder to cry. In need of a helping hand stretched out to help. Mental illness. Or depression or stress, bipolar, schizophrenia. It's because there's something underlying, something so very, very deep that you're afraid to speak up. And when we hear somebody says, I'm tired of this life. Nothing good ever happens to me. I feel like taking a life or my life. Don't change the subject because that very same person, nine out of 10 times will go through with that thought of taking his or her life, you see. We're living in a mask time we're living in an inferior time we're living in an isolated time we're living in social media time in a bullying time look out for telltale signs Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Like the song says, take a moment out of your busy or hectic schedule to put your hand on someone's shoulder just to listen. Don't say a word, don't judge. Don't point a finger, don't raise your voice, but listen. And as you know, during this time, you cannot hug. 
much I can. Ask the Lord to intercede with a word of encouragement in thought, in word and in deed. Rich or poor, affluent or not, in a very good marriage or not, we each have a struggle of our life. So I hope you enjoyed the moral story, Struggles of Our Life, and into the garden. When he walks with me, he talks with me and tells me I am his own. To that girl, that woman, and say how you feel not always easy find someone who will listen and thank you thank you to God for what he is about to do for the many out there who have these suicidal thoughts that God will hearken to their cry and to their plea. So that theirs is a story that you and I hear. And whom God will set free. Well, as I've come to the end of this edition of Into the Garden. I'm so happy that you tuned in and that you could make it. And yes, to the many out there who do not know me and are new on Into the Garden podcast, I'm your host, Naomi Jacobs. So nice to meet you. This is your platform, a safe place, a safe haven for women and men and children. Women scarred, women battered, women abused, women victimized to a point I tell you not being recognized, not barely making it out alive. Be mesmerized, be enthralled, be inspired through soul poetry, soul stories, soul devotions, soul meditations, inspirations, motivations. These are stories, true stories. And also, from a biblical point of view, there are accounts of real life depicting in your and my life. For violence against women, the types of violence against, against the extent and the alarming factors pertaining to violent crimes of passion towards men, women and children alike. Thank you for grabbing your chair. Thank you for phoning a friend and joining me in the garden of serenity. In the garden where he who died for thee awaits thee. With open arms to receive thee. To comfort thee. To console thee. Yes, that time when you walk with the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Seek counsel from the Lord. And patiently wait upon the Lord to become 
the best phenomenal you. The victor in you. The one who rose above suicidal thoughts in you. To the many frontline workers, we salute you. To the home-based carers, we salute you too. If you're celebrating a birthday today, happy birthday to you. An anniversary, happy anniversary to you. I know of one prayer warrior who's celebrating a birthday today. A devout woman of God. Prophetess Chantal. Many happy returns on your birthday. May God use you mightily. Indeed. Heartfelt today. But this leaves you with a dollop of, of hope that no matter how long it takes, that there are people out there who can help you let your voice be heard let your plea go out and trust God for the help so he's hoping that you could step into the garden today and walk away feeling relieved thank you to the ones out there who are making a difference who are following through Thank you for the Hannahs out there, the Ruths out there, the Marys out there, the Sarahs out there, the Esthers out there. And if you are travelling, safe journey mercies to you. And may God meet you at the very point of your need. May every destination be reached. May every problem be solved. And may you this time enjoy solitude, family. Reach out to someone who you say is lost, feeling unloved. It could be through WhatsApp, through an email. In your group but look out for telltale signs and may God lead you so from me Salome Jacobs the author of you don't know the cost of my alabaster box oh yes we trust in God in that area and the mum with many many hats signing off So goodbye, sayonara, disvidinia, adios, dovidinia, orva, farvel, guli gule, adia, maya slamati, gavasti, lakon, tajian, salamatingal, arevidici, anyong, joikin, spasiba, shishine, grazia. 
women of excellence, women of destiny, women of change, unique women. Embrace the attributes that God enwraps you with, distills in you. Women, you are epic. Yes, as I've come to the end of my segment today. Thank you for sharing on your various social networks and platforms. But most of all, thank you for sharing the love. And if this episode has touched someone out there, I thank God. Remember, there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And this is by Corrie Ten Boom. Your work may be messy, loud, flamboyant, or fabulous. Hey, all of that is a-okay. All that's required is that you show up with your whole soul, especially all the parts that you are not proud of. So to each and every one out there, thank you for joining me today. And I thank God for entrusting me to be able to speak on suicidal thoughts today. For I could not have done this out of my own and speak out of my own. Great is the Lord, Hadol Adonai. So until next time, until we meet again, same time, same place, you know where to find me, but right here and into the garden. was all alone I was all alone in the darkest of night you reached for me pulled me into your light there's nowhere to hide Whispered in my ear, draw close to me, for I'm always near. There's no need to fear. Jesus, there is none beside you.
even as we talk about growing. I believe that this morning is a time of enlargement. The word of Isaiah, the word of God says in Isaiah, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations. That's right, this morning, even as we open up our hearts to Jesus, even as we enlarge our tents, as if even as we enlarge and open up our hearts, I believe the Spirit of God is here this morning. The Spirit of God is here today. That as you open up your hearts and lives to Jesus, He is going to do a work. He's going to do a work of growth. There is an open heaven in the house this morning. An open heaven in the courts of God this morning. That this morning as you lift up your hands, that's right, just every one of you lift up your hands as you call the name of Jesus. As you stand here before Him and call the name of Jesus. He's going to do something miraculous. A new anointing, a new blessing, a new breakthrough will come upon every single one of you. That's right, just lift them out. Just keep on calling. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Try, lift up your voices. He's here, he's here, he's here. He's here today. Jesus is here.
are God and this morning we ask for you to do a deep work a deep work a deep work in our hearts every single person here that you come and touch and minister to us Father we declare let your name let your name be lifted high 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 in our midst this morning so Father we just commit this whole morning into your loving hands Father we just thank you for your presence here and Father we just ask we begin to bless the whole meeting this day we just thank you and all God's people say Amen. Let's give Jesus another big hand for this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.